go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. fans, Eagles fans, NFC East fans. This is Good Morning NFC East. I'm your host, Jeff Kerr. Tony Shields is ready to go, man. He must have heard all those, um, all that news coming out of Dallas yesterday. He's like, you know what? I smell blood. Let's get it. Man, you know, I can't, I can't pay too much attention to Dallas. You know, I pay attention to them as the opponent, right? As the opposition, you know, as the, as the Philadelphia Eagles rival, right? But as far as what the, what they say, as far as all the jargon and all the all the lip sparring that happens in Dallas, you, you can't you can't feed too much into it because we all know Dallas has been nothing but lip service since since the 21st century began. So again, I can't put too much stock into what Jerry says. Can't put too much stock into what Jaron Curry says. Can't put too much stock into what Mike McCarthy says. You know, it's I always say it's the Cowboys. They're going to keep talking, but never will produce. I will say this though, I have. At least Jerry Jones has been honest with the Dak Prescott stuff. It doesn't look like he's going to play this week. Uh, it does look like it's going to be Cooper Rush. I mean, the, the guy can't grip a ball right now. So if he can't grip a ball, and if he's not doing it this week, which kind of brings me into our first topic today, Tony. Does Dak Prescott play against the Eagles? Oh, so let, let me preface this with I'm not a doctor. We're not doctors, right? But if he can't grip the football today, if he can't even grip it, and if he just and if he just starts throwing this time next week, he's not going to play against us. You know what I mean? I, I I just don't see it happening from a physical perspective. If he can't if if he can't even grip the football now, he's going to have to get back into rhythm throwing. I don't know. Anything can change between now and then. Anything can change between today and next Sunday, but I think it'd be cool to play him, you know, so the Cowboys won't have any excuses when the Eagles, you know, you know, get, you know, you know, take it to him. But I really don't think he's going to end up playing that game. Yeah. And we're 10 days away from that. And again, checking out the practice report and look, this is going to be big, you know, not, not just yesterday, but Thursday, Friday, is he going to be limited? Is he not going to practice? I mean, they'll kind of lead into where 
he's headed. But I will say this. As a non-biased observer here, I don't think you can play Dak Prescott against the Eagles at this rate. I don't think you should play Dak Prescott against the Eagles at this rate. I think I would wait till after week six. And again, this comes back to the initial four to six week timeline that they had on Dak Prescott. So maybe week seven he plays, but I just, knowing the Cowboys, they'll try to bring it back for what will be their Super Bowl, even though it shouldn't be. Because the Cowboys have to make a point that they're the best team in the NFC East, but they don't have to do that. Right now, until the Eagles beat them, in my opinion, they are. And I don't think right now they need Dak Prescott. I just don't. And this is what brings me to our kind of our next topic here. Is this team a Super Bowl contender? They might be the Eagles' biggest threat right now in the NFC. In the NFC, I, I, I probably wouldn't go that far. I would probably say the biggest threat in the NFC East, you know, because, you know, they got to get, you know, they got to go through us first. And, of course, the Eagles, they haven't really had the best outcomes facing the Cowboys in the past. But this year, I think they can match them talent for talent this year. And I think the Eagles, so they can avoid any sort of, any sort of, I guess, asterisk next to the win that Prescott needs to be in. But I don't think that's going to happen. But that defense has been carrying this team for a while. Cooper Rush has been serviceable. Hasn't been spectacular. Hasn't been world-beating. He's been pacing the game. He hasn't lost the game. He hasn't turned the ball over. He hasn't fumbled. You know, he's he's been making the, I guess you'll say, right decision. So are they, a, are they the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC? No. I think that goes to the Packers and the Buccaneers until until otherwise proven wrong, or the Rams, or the San Francisco 49ers. I you know, I think the 49ers are better than the Cowboys. I think I think the Packers are better than the Cowboys. I think the Buccaneers are better than the Cowboys. You know what I mean? Are they are, are they better than the Rams? That can be debated. But again, the Rams are the former champions. So I had to put the Rams over the Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? So I just I don't think the Cowboys are their biggest threat in the NFC. I think they may be their biggest threat to the NFC East because the Giants and the Washington Commanders are essentially just placeholders. They're just there just, just to fill the third and fourth spot in the division. This is how I feel about the Cowboys. And, again, I'm going right now. I'm not going week 12, week 14. That's way too far down the line. Right. But with that defense, I think that defense could be anybody in this conference. I, I think they're that good. And I've been saying this all year. It's can their offense do it? And – they're getting better at wide receiver every single week. Michael Gallup's healthy, had a big touchdown last week. C.D. Lamb's looking like a number one wide receiver. Noah Brown is the diamond in the rough day. I've always liked Noah Brown, even when he was at Ohio State. Um, the running game, we know what the running game can do. It's the offensive line. And the offensive line has been good the past couple of weeks, but look at the competition they're facing here. They're not facing world-beaten talent. And maybe I'm getting too caught up in them beating the Commanders and beating the Giants. But 3-1 and is 3-1, and one, and I'll say that all the time. This is a real test Sunday for them. Yeah, but in my opinion, all 3-1 and one records, all records in general aren't created equal. You know what I mean? And when it comes to the Cowboys 3-1 record, I understand the defense has been pretty dominant, right? But let's take into consideration the offensive lines that they went against. The Bengals' offensive line arguably the worst in the NFL. The Giants' offensive line, damn near close. 
the Washington Commanders, you saw what we did to them. So they haven't really gone up against an offensive line of the caliber of the caliber of a Detroit Lions offensive line or the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line uh, or the Cleveland Browns offensive line. You know what I mean? They haven't gone up against a real offensive line, in my humble opinion. Um, the best offensive line, they probably went up. And, and then the Buccaneers offensive line, who's a shell of himself. They lost guys. They dealing with injuries. They haven't gone up against a real offensive line all season. They haven't gone up against a potent offense all season, uh, all, all season, unless you want to call the Bengals at that time potent. They still had the talent, but the offensive line, again, was terrible. So what what true threat, what true offensive dynamo have they really faced? I don't oh, think so they – But they caught Cincinnati at a good time. And look, they I caught was, Cincinnati I was, at a good time, right? So yeah, I just yeah, I, I just I, don't think, you know, the Cowboys have – just how people always say the Eagles haven't been truly tested, I kind of disagree. I don't think the Cowboys have been tested. Their only adversity they've really faced, in my humble opinion, is the quarterback situation, which is huge. See, I look at it this way. I think you're going to find out. This is what I get mad at Eagles fans at. I don't think they understand how good their offensive line actually is. There are a lot of bad offensive lines in football, and Giants are one of them, and the Commanders are one of them. The Bengals' offensive line is actually toward the middle of the pack. They actually are. They, they The last two weeks, they protected Joe Burrow, but their run blocking is terrible. You don't see offensive lines like the Eagles where they can pass protect and run protect at an elite level. It's very hard to find, and a lot of that has to do with Jeff Staff. And look, you're gonna, I, I, I got news for you, Tone. Dallas is probably going to do this to the Rams on Sunday too. Their defensive line, because the Rams' offensive line just ain't that good. So another offensive think, line that they that, that they can feast on. Another yeah, one. I, I mean, really, the best offensive line they're going to face all year is Philadelphia. So I mean, when you're looking at it, and this is where I agree with you, you got Philadelphia up here, and everybody else is like down here. That's just how they are. Like the Eagles played a good offensive line Sunday, and they were able to get to Trevor Lawrence. It's the Eagles, I agree. The Eagles are, have been tested. Everybody wants to mock their 4-0 record. Fine. But did you know the Eagles have faced a team with a winning record or tie or 500 all season? That's Think about point. that. I always look at what is their record when you play them, not what it is at the end of the year. Exactly. And to, to put it in perspective, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles took out two division leaders. They took out the Vikings, who lead the division, who, who are, I think, tied for the lead in their division. Um and they beat the Jaguars, who I think uh, are tied right now in, in, the, in the league for, for their division. You know what I mean? So, you know, you could put it in perspective then. But all, but like you said, you brought up a great point. The fact that the Philadelphia Eagles, they've went up against top-tier offensive lines, the Lions, the Jaguars. The Jaguars weren't – the Jaguars only allowed two sacks, or they, they didn't allow um, Trevor Lawrence to get sacked in two weeks. He only got sacked one time, I think, like week one or two, two times in week one. But my point is – he, he wasn't getting touched. He came to Philly. That jersey got dirty. You know, uh, the Lions, that offensive line is legit. You know, the Eagles were, it was week one. Defensive line couldn't really generate as much pressure as we would like. But that was a real offensive line. So I just think that the, the Eagles have dealt with more in the trenches than the Cowboys have. And, um, again, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves, right? You know, the Cowboys still got to face the Rams. Um, the Eagles still have to face the Cardinals. You know, you got to take it one game at a time, and you got to go one and no every single week. So I think the Cowboys, as bad as the Rams look, I think the Rams look at it as, okay, we got to flip the switch. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, Ram, the Rams are coming off a bad Monday night loss to the San Francisco 49ers. The Rams are going to come into this game hot, fighting, you know, hot with the purpose. You know, the Dallas Cowboys, they're kind of getting fat a little bit. And we're going to see if they can maintain this with Cooper Rush because Aaron Donald is a different animal. 
You know what I mean? So we're going to, you know, we're going to see what can happen. You know, Jalen Ramsey, again, a different animal. We're going to see if Cooper Rush can really do those things he's been doing. It's going to, it's going to be really interesting to watch. The Rams are missing a lot of key pieces here from that Super Bowl team. Uh, the Von Miller impact, I knew it was going to be huge. Like, And look, Leonard Floyd's a good play. He's not Von Miller. Andrew Whitworth, <laughs> yeah, Andrew Whitworth was a, a good offensive tackle. And Joe Nopum is a good offensive tackle. But really Brian good. Allen, yeah, but Brian Allen being banged up, that offensive line is a shell of themselves from last year. Oh, by the way, Tone, I don't think the Rams know who the heck's run the football. It's Daryl Anderson and Cam Akers, but you're a fancy owner. Even if you're not a fancy owner, you're just a football fan. What are they doing? They only throw the ball to Cooper Cup. It seems like they, they found Tyler Higby to throw the ball to, but Alan Robinson looks slow. Um, you know, as Clay Harbor pointed out the other day, it's I mean, look, this Rams team is very, very beatable. Oh, without a doubt. You know, I think I think they're extremely beatable, you know, but you know, I think there's you know, there comes a time where a team just has to step their weight up. And I think the game is gonna be tougher than what the Cowboys would would like it to be. Because at the end of the day, they're still the champions. They're two and two. And they, again, there's something to be said about a team coming off of a bad loss against their division rival. I think, I think this is, again, this is all, you know, prospects, right? This is all what I'm assuming to happen. You know, I think, I think the Rams come back, you know, with the purpose. They're, you know, they're going home. You know, they're going to be in front of their hometown crowd. They're going to get some home cooking and they're going to recalibrate. And I think they bounce back against the Cowboys. I think this is the moment where the Cowboys start to come down to earth. I think I think this is when it happens because the Cowboys have a pretty a pretty uh fascinating schedule coming up. They have Rams, they're at Rams, at Eagles, and they got Lions, and then the Bears are the easiest part of that. I think they can lose any one of those games against the Rams, Eagles, or Lions. The Lions have one of the better offenses in the league, um, better one of the better offensive lines, you know. This is going to be interesting for the Cowboys, most definitely. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. And look, if Dallas goes two and one that three game stretch, you can't be disappointed in that. Uh, where where you know you pick the wins or not, I'm sure they would love to pick Week Six in Philadelphia. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves here because we're not in Week Six, but we're getting close to that. And I think that I think that's the anticipation right now. The Eagles are good. The Cowboys are good, and it's yeah. good for it's good for the NFC. It's good for football. I, I wanted to bring this up too. Um, and I got to get the exact words here. J-Rod Curse is going to be back for the Cowboys now. And, of course, he has to talk. And, look, this is the Cowboys safety group. J-Rod Curse is a good player. Malik Hooker is a good player. Dolphin Wilson is a good player. But are they the best safety group in the NFL? This is what J-Rod Curse said. And, look, I, I, I respect that you respect your teammates. But, number one, hands down, if you just go down our safety room, you can't go to another safety room and match player for player. Can't. Has he watched the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, has he watched the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, like, yeah, thank you. you know, <laughs> like you have, you have Talanoa Hufunga, who I wanted the Eagles, who I wanted the Eagles to draft. He came out of USC. You know, I wanted the Eagles to draft him, but um, nonetheless, that's revisionist history. Uh, yeah, you, he's talking about the Cowboys. I'm, you know, I'm looking at some of these PFF rankings when it comes to the safety uh, position. And I know, I know PFF is not law. They're not the Bible. But, you know, it's, some, it's something to consider. And, you know, they always factor in, you know, uh, the way you cover and, you know, tackling, you know. And 
has he seen the San Francisco 49ers? You know, the Patriots have a good safety group. You know what I mean? You still got Adrian Amos. You still got uh, Quandre Diggs, Nick Cross. You know what I'm saying? Um, even even LaMarcus Joyner from the Jets. You know, it's like you still got, you still got the Buffalo Bills, even though they're dealing with some injuries back there. But, you know, that's again, that's all hearsay. You're supposed to be that confident. I'm not going to get mad at a guy for being confident. But at the same time, you got to go out and prove it every single Sunday. And so far, they're not they're not considered according to PFF to be one of the better safety groups. But again, PFF is not law. It's not the Bible. It's just a reference point. Some people do treat it as law in the Bible. though, And that's probably the problem sometimes because you have all these different publications and all these different analytical services that, you know, have their way of doing the math. And, you know, none of these guys are transparent with their, their metrics. And that's okay. It is what it is. But I just feel like, you know, you have to, there's a fine line between the analytics and the eye test, right? And even with the eye test, I don't think uh, the Cowboys have a better safety group than the San Francisco 49ers or the Patriots or the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, If you want to talk about how where people think PFF's gospel, you know how I put the other day, Tony, I, I know you follow my Twitter account, when I put the best opponent pass rating minimum of 20 targets, someone questioned that, saying, well, where'd you get those numbers? Because PFF don't have that. I'm like, you, knew, <laughs> you do know there are other – websites out there besides PFF that CBS does not use. We have our own system. We have our own people. And I look up data every single day. It's part of my job. And yeah, like I don't need to answer to you where I get my information from. It is true media, but (laughs) it's just one of those things. Like I get tired of hearing PFFs, the gospel. I, I really do. And I love PFF. I love, I know a lot of people there. I know a lot of good things they do, but there are some things where sometimes they're just like, I'm spurting you, and here's why. But they don't really explain it. it it's like they're trying to the Aaron Rodgers you. I'm not vaccinated. I'm, I'm immunized. You know, it, it's, it's always something, you know? Yeah, you know, I have no problem with anyone disagreeing with me, right? But if you're going to disagree with me, I would like you to at least have a reference point attached to that disagreement. Like if, like, like if I put out an uh, arbitrary number, you know, you know, in relation to a player's performance, and you and, and someone responds, well, actually, that's that's not that's not really accurate. You know, based off of these metrics, this is what they've been doing. Then I can actually have a conversation with you. But if you're just, oh no, you're wrong. Where'd you get that? You're an idiot. Then at that point, what are we doing here? We're just disparaging each other, or you're just disparaging me just to prove a point. And that's not the proper way to spar. You know what I mean? I believe, you know, I believe in sparring of the mind, sparring of ideas. You know, combat, you know, combat bad ideas with good ideas. You know what I'm saying? Combat a good idea with the even better idea. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I can't. This is why. And I try to tell you, Jeff, don't get don't get stuck into the wormhole, Jeff. Twitter is an abyss and it's fun to play around with. But you got it. But don't fall in. I tell you all the time, Jeffrey. I don't have to respond to them. I just read them. It's more self-motivation, though. I, I'll, I'll tell you that. I, I've said to people all the time, Jody McDonald knows this, John McMullen, Rick Saratella, a lot of these guys know this. I spit truth when I put out that stuff. It's, it's a fact. You know, I don't need to put my opinion on it. The opinion is there. It, the fact is there. Like, Darius Lane and James Bradbury are two of the three top cornerbacks in the NFL, according to a public pass rank. Tariq Woolen is number one, who a lot of us won the Eagles to draft back in April, but – uh, is our boy Rob Ellis on? Is he is he on yet? Um, no, he hasn't quite gotten here yet. 
but he should be here soon. As a matter of oh, speak of the devil, my guy Rob Ellis just popped into the building. Just just popped into the building. But yeah, Jeff, you know, you know, to put a but you know to uh to put a button on this segment, you know, at the end of the day, the Cowboys, these like this this next three game stretch for them, it's gonna be tough. You know what I'm saying? And this next stretch for the Philadelphia Eagles, gonna be tough, tough as well. You got the you're at the Cardinals, you have the Cowboys. And then the Cowboys are at the Rams, at the Eagles. I understand the Rams are struggling, but you still have to come in and buckle your chin strap and be respectful. You're going to be on their home turf. That's just the reality. So the Cowboys, I, I respect their defense. Their defense is very real. But at the same time, I want people to just curve their expectations with that the Cowboys defense for this reason only. They haven't gone up against a real offensive line. It's, 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 just, it's just, the, just the unfortunate truth. Buccaneers offensive line, a shell of itself. Bengals offensive line, I don't respect that at all. Giants offensive line, terrible. Washington Commanders offensive line, terrible. So the Cowboys have feasted on terrible offensive lines. Let's keep it in perspective, you guys. That's all I'm saying. And they're going to face bad offensive lines all year because that's just how the NFL is. All right, we're going to have Rob Ellis on right after the break. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. 
The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. We'd like to welcome Rob Ellis, friend of Good Morning NFC's hosts for State. See him on WIP Parks or Gannon. Rob, you're all over the place these days. Staying busy, Jeff. You can't hit a moving target, man. That's what I always say. Just just keep going until they tell you to stop. <laughs> so the Dallas Cowboys have been talking a lot yesterday. I, I know things in Philadelphia, everybody's wondering if they're going to overlook the Cardinals. We'll get to that. But mm. the Cowboys have really been – I think they're buying in their own hype right now. They are 3-1, and one and – I, I, I got to give myself credit here because I've been buying into it. I, I think they're a legit contender, not just for the NFC East, but for the Super Bowl because of that defense. Yeah, I, I look, I heard you guys talking about this earlier. I, I know, you know, we could point to weak offensive lines that they played against and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, what did the Eagles play against in Washington? You know, that, that's a terrible offensive line, and they racked up nine sacks that day. I, I do think their defensive line is legit. I think they're susceptible in other areas, Jeff. I think Diggs is a home run hitter. He's either going to get a pick or he's going to get burned, right? And that that will bite him like it did last year, uh, and it has a couple times this year. But, no, I, I think they're real, too. I, you know, the most fascinating part for the Cowboys is what it's going to look like when Dak comes back. For me, you know, Cooper Rush has kind of just kept the train moving here, right, in, in, a, in, a, in a really good way. The one other thing, too, that's interesting about them offensively, they still haven't really got their running game going. You know, I, I Zeke isn't the same guy, and they haven't, gotten quite Pollard going yet. So I want to see what that looks like when teams are able to really get pressure on their quarterback, whomever it is, whichever one it is, and and they can't run the ball. That's what I'm going to be curious about. The number one thing I took out yesterday was, and Jerry said it on Tuesday, I mean, he's been honest with this. Look, Dak Prescott's getting better. He can't get any healthier, but he can't grip a football right now. So that tells me, I just don't think he plays in week six. That's going to be interesting, man, because you know he's going to be really pushing for that. You know he badly wants to get back. And if he voices early in the week, hey, the grip's good, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I can go. I'm no problem here. And they still go with Cooper? That's going to tell you a little something in terms of the confidence. I think the best thing could happen to the Eagles is, is if they rush Dak Prescott back and he's not 100% in that game. Not to there's the hand part, the finger thumb part of it. There's that, but there's also just the rust of having not played since week one and, and, and a team that's gotten grown kind of accustomed and gotten a comfort zone with Cooper Rush. So that's, that's really going to be one to monitor. Like the timing of this is really setting up, I think, well for the Eagles. That's my biggest issue right now. You're, in my opinion, you're rolling on all cylinders with Cooper Rush. It's, it's almost like the Eagles with Nick Foles a couple of years ago. Yeah. Why bring, the starter back when you don't necessarily have to. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, Jeff, what this is going to come down to, it's going to come down to money. And, and eventually, despite anything that Jerry said, he's going to give in, he will give in and it'll be Dak eventually. Now, I, I don't know if that's going to be week six or it's going to be week seven or week eight or whatever. Um, but it feels like there's a collision course happening for a quarterback, a, a, you know, a high price quarterback who wants to get back into this thing versus an organization that's saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And and I think those two are going to butt heads. How soon are they going to butt heads? That's the part I don't know. I was reading an article from Bucky Brooks, so I respect a lot. On yeah, Bucky's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bucky's the man. 
But he was saying Mike McCarthy's an elite coach because of this situation. I don't think it's McCarthy. I think it's Kellen Moore. I think it's Dan Quinn. I think it's the guys around him. But I, I think where Bucky was getting at is, look, this ship could have sunk like the Titanic. And McCarthy basically found a way to not have it hit the iceberg. Yeah, I think I don't think it makes him elite by any stretch. I think what it makes him is a veteran coach who's done a nice job of keeping things together. McCarthy's biggest problem is game day in, in pressure-filled spots, and we saw it last year when the, when the way their season ended. That's where we're going to see this thing. Not now. I think, I think a veteran coach can kind of get you through these these rough waters right now. I, I'll give – like well, I'm sure we'll get into it, but what Dable's doing is is just unbelievable in New York. But um, I, I think he's done – I'll, I'll give McCarthy credit. I don't think he's a good coach. This doesn't change my mind one iota. I think when, when push comes to shove and it's really – a monster game is where you see him in game, make mistakes. You're right about their coordinators smartly, especially Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn is, is phenomenal. And that was a great hire by them. Yeah. I don't know how Dan Quinn wasn't the head coach after yeah. the, this coaching cycle, but I got to get to the Rams here to me. All four NFC West teams are the same right now. I, I think if you look at them all, they're like, wow. Okay. They, they all have deficiencies, but the Rams, I thought they'd separate themselves from the pack at this point. And they just haven't done it. There's so many flaws on this team. It's it's making me feel like the Cowboys can actually go in and beat them on Sunday. Uh, oh, the Cowboys absolutely can go in and beat them on Sunday. Number one, because their offensive line, you know, more than anything else. I mean, they miss Whitworth. They have other injuries. They have guys who aren't playing well. And what you're seeing is I, I, I really pressing Matthew Stafford. And that's a dangerous Matthew Stafford if you're the Rams. It's not a good thing. He's got four... TDs to what six picks he's not playing well and you know the, the lack of productivity from Allen Robinson has turned this into almost solely I mean with mixed in with some Higby but almost solely the the Cooper Cup show I mean Cooper Cup's got 54 targets through you know four games here and yes he's elite he's unbelievable but you're asking a lot of that guy I mean essentially your number two is Ben Skoranek that's who your number two is right now and that's that's not good enough. And and the other part is, Jeff, and it's not even something you can look at it from a stat perspective. It, there's It's just hard to repeat. You know, you, you went through all the trappings of what everybody kissing your rear end in the offseason and all, and all that stuff that goes on. Then you're naturally going to lose some people because other teams are going to be taking them away and every team's gunning for you. And, and they're, they fall into every one of those traps. Do you think their lack of having or not having, I should say, a first round pick, high draft picks is starting to bite them, right? Uh, yes, yeah, I think it is. It's it's a it, it was an unorthodox way of going about things that paid off for them. So you can't knock it. They won them a Super Bowl. So, but you you're seeing age in certain places without you, you know somebody to plug in there. They need a spark. Like they're a team to me, like that is a candidate for a trade for something to happen or maybe resign Odell Beckham Jr. If he's out or whatever, like they need something to happen uh, for them because it feels like right now they're kind of floundering, you know, out there. And yeah, you look at that West, I'm still not buying Seattle. I'm sorry. I, I don't buy it. Um, but I do think if San Francisco gets even competent Jimmy G play with that defense, how nasty they are and with Kittle and with Debo, I, I think San Fran could be the favorite there for sure. And Kittle hasn't even heated up yet. Wow. I, I, he was pretty much a non-factor Monday night, which I was surprised. Was yeah, really surprised by that. I, I think those two need to get on the same page. Maybe he's not a hundred percent back from the groin. I don't know, but that I don't see that keeping up. I think this is one of those where four or five weeks from now we're going to say 
you believe like Kittle only had X amount of catches and look at what he's doing now. I think that'll turn around. And another team, the Eagles play him this week. Arizona, they're an enigma too because now their defense all of a sudden is playing really well. They, they played really well since the second half of the Raiders game. Right. But their offense is, you know, they've only been in the lead for 13 total plays the entire season. Jeez. No, I didn't know that. I, I, I look at it. I, you, you do the same thing and you do it probably even to a greater extent than I do it. But I, I try to like pour through numbers and just kind of read up as much. They just, defy mediocre define mediocrity you know what i mean like it's every stat i look at i'm like i don't know what they really do well i'm not sure exactly what they are it took an insane comeback against the raiders which hey props to them they didn't give up on it and kyler murray made plays that no human beings on the face of the earth can make but it was also the raiders saying like here's the ball man like hunter renfro saying here take this game you know so this is likely a one in three team barring that that absolute miracle that you probably see once every few years exactly and my issue with that the whole cardinals team they start out so slow they cannot do this on such they only average four points per game in the first half you need to come out and if you're the eagles defense you gotta say hey you know what what are other teams doing to slow this team down or is it cliff kingsbury just doesn't have a ready to play i just yeah i look i never understood how he got that gig honestly like he 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 underachieved in college with insane talent and then got an NFL head coaching gig, not even a coordinator gig, a head coaching gig. And look, Murray's kind of the same way, you know, they're, they're very mirror images of one another. And when things go poorly, you see a lot of moping and, and when, you know, you don't, that's the thing, you know, did you see Jalen hurts hang his head after that interception on Sunday? No, yeah. you didn't see any of that kind of stuff. Kyler Murray's looking to point a finger or kind of just roll his eyes. He's got like, he's got Connor Brogdon body language for Phillies fans. If you, if you want to relate to that. Um, and I don't think that's a good trait for your starting quarterback. I, I don't either. You know what? Uh, you say Connor Brogdon. Sometimes I think Reese Hoskins does that. You know, yeah. you, you can sense the frustration that like Kyler Murray is to me. I've interviewed Kyler Murray before. He's a heck of a guy. Like you can tell he does really want to be good. I don't think he knows how to do it like Jalen Hurts does it. And maybe that's the culture that's built around. Steve Kahn's a local guy, by the way. But yeah. it's amazing he's been the GM for as long as he has because he's had a lot of he's had a lot of good things, but he's had a lot of poor ones in there too. Well, when you collapse the way that they have the last couple of years, that, that usually means somebody's being shown the door. Out there, guys get extended. I, I don't know. It, it's a very strange situation. Like it's, I would say there's always the danger of a look ahead you know, when you get the Cowboys on deck, I think there's always that, but I do believe, and maybe, you know, I'll be proven wrong, but I, but until I am, I'm going to say this. I I think this team, the Eagles, I I think with the quarterback and the coach constantly harping on staying in the moment and staying focused, I don't think they're going to look ahead. Look, I I think he's probably drilled into them and, and is drilling into them all week. It's not easy to win on the West coast. We got a long plane ride. You know, this team did this, they came back. Even if we get up, there's a lot of tools that he can use. We got down last week. It's not always easy to come back for 14 nothing. There's a lot of things you can use at your disposal, but there is that's got to be in you in the back of the mind somewhere. Do you think the I don't think Jalen Hurts it specifically is overlooking the Cardinals, but do you believe the Eagles beat writers actually got slammed because there wasn't any Cardinals question yesterday? No. Who cares? I mean, I like if Jalen hadn't brought it up at the end himself. I don't think it would have been observed and turned into a thing. This is what happens when things are going extremely well. You find things to pick on. That's all it is. It's it's utter nothing. 
Yes, it, to me. It, it, it sucks for, you know, guys that, that are in there, like McMullen, Groats, Mark, yeah. Frank, yeah, John, and, 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 you know, uh, Les Bowen, all those guys. Mm-hmm. And then they got to go out there on Twitter and defend themselves because everybody just seems to hate these guys. I mean, they're, they're, I talk to them every Sunday. They're all the nicest people in the world. and It feels like they're the enemy of the people. Yeah, I, this is classic 2022. <laughs> Who cares? I Honestly, it is. It's like, all right, let's see. They're ranked in like the top five or seven in almost every category. They're killing it in sacks and takeaways and everything's good. The quarterback's playing great. You know, the, the, the defensive coordinator who was just killed by everybody is, is all of a sudden, you know, doing a great job. So ladies, what can we do? Oh, right. They didn't ask him about the, uh, the Cardinals. Nobody cares. Nothing, nothing. I didn't, I didn't even notice it until Hertz brought it up at the end. I'm like, okay, what, a, what, a, but you know, but it's on brand. It was on brand for Hertz to be, Hey man, I'm focused on the game. Not worried about, uh, my appearance on the Manning cast or whatever. Like I get it from his perspective and what he was doing, but for the writers, it, it, they're not, not doing their job. I mean, please. Did you like him on the Manning cast? I thought he was okay. I thought he was him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he's never really going to come out of character. And I, I don't mean that like he's a character or a caricature. I don't, he, he, it's who he is, you know? And I thought he was, I thought he actually explained it well yesterday where he said like, yeah, man, a lot of three and outs. Like that's that's who I am. I'm not not great at telling jokes or whatever. So I just think maybe if you catch him, you know, off season, you, you know, you catch him in uh, in June, you might get a lighter sort of looser guy. Maybe I don't even know if you will then, but not now. Not with a game on deck. Not heading into week five. No chance. That's just who he is. Yeah, I, I told um, I've interviewed him one on one three times now, and he is he really is a tough code to crack. But I feel like after the first time, you know how to approach him. You know how to interview him. And he'll give you really good detailed answers. It's just, I, I just think he's a guy – he's a student of the game. He's a football guy. You just talk football with you. It's, he, in a way, he's like Bill Belichick. It's, look, yeah. I don't need any of this nonsense. But, yeah, you got a football question for me? I'm all ears. Yeah, he, I, look, he's been schooled on rat poison by Nick Saban. And and anything other – anything – veering from that that course that he thinks is is the you know just where he needs to be he there's there's radars that go up for him man and and he's not gonna bite he's just not like there are other guys who will give you a little something a little bit and then stay the course he's not and, and i give him credit for that he does stay true to, to to who he is he really does i've been wanting to bring this up for two days on this show and i you're the perfect guy to ask they brought in cameron the kicker dicker to me, everybody's like, okay, Jake Elliott, Jake Elliott. And I agree, Jake Elliott's banged up. But is there a little more to this here? Because Aaron Sippus just hasn't been good. A little more in that he might be punting? Is that, is yeah, because he did punt. Hmm. Interesting thought. Uh, well, I, look, I don't think they can be pleased with what they've gotten out of Sippos. I mean, he has no touch, Jeff, more than anything else. I mean, I, I don't need a guy to be like a murder leg type. I don't need that where it's every time it's going to be 75 yards. You know, Randall Cunningham out of his own end zone against the Giants and, you know, in 1988. I don't need that. But I need you to be able to drop one inside the 10 or inside the 20 instead of everything being a touchback. I, I'm not a fan. I, I think they made – I didn't understand why there wasn't competition in camp at all. Um, you might be on to something here, man. You really yeah. might be. I didn't, I didn't think about it from that angle, but uh, I'm not, I think it's an issue. I think special teams in general is an issue. We, there's so many other things going well that we tend not to harp on it, rightfully so, but their special teams, the return, the blocking on their returns isn't good. Uh, their coverage has been okay, uh, but I don't like their special teams. I, and I don't know if it's Michael Clay or how he didn't get him enough bodies. I'm not sure which. 
I know most teams don't bring in competition for the punter because they want to see the punter can do better. I mean, you don't see the Lions bringing in competition for Jack Fox anytime. But it's Aaron Simpson was bad last year. The playoff game, I didn't get mad too much during that playoff game last year because I didn't expect them to win. Mm. But when Aaron Simpson is not putting punts inside the 20, I'm like, dude, you're just giving the ball to Tom Brady here. I'm like, you got to bring somebody in. I was shocked that they couldn't find anybody in the draft. Maybe they, I, I know that they kind of looked at Jordan Stout from Penn State. Like he was, but I mean, the Ravens took him in the fourth round. So I, I don't think that's a high, pick. yeah, that's a high pick, man, for a punter. I like, I, and I, he was a stud at Penn State, but that's a yeah, high pick for a punter. But, but in the way, they kind of avoided disaster because everybody was looking at a punk god, and you saw what happened to him. Oh, yeah. We made it, we never, we might not ever see him again, frankly. Yeah. I, I don't think we are, honestly. Yeah. And you know, when who's the guy that Bills cut for punk god? I'm trying, he's on the Colts now. Oh, he was good. He was actually pretty solid too. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. He he wasn't bad. I actually sort of felt for the guy because he he actually kind of did his job. But the other guy, look, the you should have vetted the the San Diego Ariza better than they did. Yeah, skill wise, he was insane. I mean, there was nobody that compared to this guy. But a lot of other stuff going on there. Yeah. Uh, so my colleague got CBS, John Breach, big special teams guys. Dad kicked in the NFL, obviously. Mm-hmm. When Ariza had the 82 yard punt. Here's his thought process. Well, why wasn't anybody there to catch it? <laughs> That's just how he looks at it. He goes, well, you have an 82-yard punt. Someone didn't do their job. Yeah, I look, I if he gets cleared, there's going to be a line forming for him. There just is, frankly, yeah. because he's that – I mean, he's got the best leg in right now in the NFL of anybody doing it. He's that good. So who would be, in your mind, who would be the biggest contender for the Eagles in the Super Bowl in the NFC? Oh, in the NFC. Um, you know what? I, I, I would say Green Bay is going to be a fascinating case study in this sense. It's early. There was some early frustration with the young kids. It looks like slowly they're starting to round into form. And I just think more time with Rodgers, more expectations that Rodgers has for these guys, lack of sort of tolerance of mistakes as time goes on, and the natural growth he gets those guys on the right page and their defense starts to play, you know, more of the form of what we saw last year. I, I think I'd throw green Bay in there. Um, San Francisco. If, if Jimmy G is at, at the at level of good is the, another team I'd look at. I feel like you never count Brady out, but I, it just feels like there's such a circus around them right now that I don't know. I don't know. And stranger things have happened with him. But I, I just wonder, I don't think the Rams get it together enough to be in an NFC championship game. So I would go, my pecking order would be San, uh, Green Bay, San Fran, 1-2. This is how weird the Brady situation is to me. So when the New York Post article came out about him and Giselle getting divorce attorneys, whatever, I actually kind of said, thank God, because I was hearing down there and from pretty respected people that, is he sick? Like he doesn't look the same. Yeah. He looks beat up. He look. He, he looks like there's something physically wrong. Well, there is because the, divorce has to be hard. But right, yeah, right. it's almost like okay, it's it's bad, but it's not as bad as we thought. Yeah, I just um, I really think he regrets coming back this year. I think that he 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 pushed it one notch too far, and and there was a lot of consequences to be paid. And I think for the first time in his career, he's second guessing himself and having second thoughts and may not be a hundred percent in mentally. 
which I don't know if he knows how to deal with. Like Brady, his whole career has had to have been everything and then some that he's got to succeed the way that he has. And now he's got a total internal conflict going on right now between his family life and trying to trying to get through this football season. And I think you couple that with all the injuries that they've had and and new personnel. And, and I, the, the one thing that never gets talked about, and I love Todd Bowles. I'm a Temple guy, but he has a new coach. Like, I know Bruce Arians is around, but he, it is a new coach, even though it's a, the same offensive coordinator. I, you know, all those things factor in and, and, and change the dynamic for him, which makes his job more of a challenge. And, but he's had an inordinate amount of injuries, you know, on, on his side of the ball to the point where he's, you know, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was, with a two point conversion kind of, hey, you need to be over here and you got to be here. And, and it's like, I shouldn't be doing this stuff, man. I got to concentrate on trying to get these two points. All of it is added up on him, I think. Do you think Bruce Arians being on the sideline as close as he is, do you think a lot of that has to do with Tom Brady? Yes. Yeah, I do. I, I don't think he should be on the sideline. I, you know, in fact, you saw what he got into a couple of weeks ago where they had to, you know, dude, get, what are you doing? Get away from here. Um, I think it does probably have something to do with it. I, I You know, I, I think Jeff, more than anything else, he looks at it and he says, if I could have had this one back, I would have. I should have just walked. I should have just walked last year. He'll never say it publicly. I guarantee you he's out after this year. Guarantee last, you. Last one for you. Thursday yeah. night football. How unexcited are you to watch this game tonight? Yeah, I it, look. I'm a sucker, so I'll watch anything. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a, a hand up addict. But yeah, I mean the Colts have been awful to begin with. There's no Jonathan Taylor, which I enjoy watching Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denver. I don't know if Russ is half cooked or they just can't figure out how to utilize him or Hackett can't coach. Period. Like there's so many questions. Let me put it this way. If this was a game that was dropped into Sunday at one o'clock, I'm not even giving it a second thought. Like I'm not even giving, but I'll watch it because it's the only on, and there's no baseball playoffs till tomorrow. So they got me like, it's a, it's going to be a decent tune in for a not so good game. Yeah. There's, you know what? You're right though. There's nothing on sports tonight. It's that game. Yes. The NFL rules. Once again, I, I'm sure there's a couple of college football games you can, which I'll flip around, but yeah, I'll, I'll be in on it. Yeah. Once again, Rob, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, love having you on. Good morning, NFC East. Uh, great football talk as usual. I'll have to get you on again in a, in a couple weeks. My pleasure, Jeff. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, sounds great. Rob Ellis, everybody. And we're going to put a show. I got to give my tribute to Joey McDonald here right after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. 
The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Okay, guys, yeah, I had to bring this up to Alex, right? With the whole Cameron, the kicker, dicker thing. So, you know, by the way, you guys don't know how many times I've accidentally called him Cameron Kicker over the last two days. So, I, I remember that from, from college. I, I always got the last name wrong. But a- anyway, he did punt in college, and he was a pretty good punter. He averaged about 46 yards per punt, got a lot of punts inside the 20. He punted and kicked at Texas. So, I was thinking, is there more than just Jake Elliott here? I mean, I don't think Jake Elliott's going to play Sunday, if we're going to be honest. I, I, I think he really was hampered by that lower body injury. I didn't get to see Jake in the locker room on Sunday. So that was my first sign. Uh, maybe John McMullen did. I, I don't know. I didn't talk to John about that, but I didn't see Jake Elliott when we were talking to players. But Dicker did punt in college, and he punted pretty well. And Sippus is been good. He has not been good. In fact, here's the stat I have on Aaron Sippus. He is 28th in punting net yard average of 39.9. That is 10 yards, 10 full yards below the league average. And he is terrible getting punts inside the 20. They don't do directional kicks much because Aaron Sippus isn't really good at it. I know we're talking about the punter, but there might be something more here than just Oh, he's here as a fill-in for Jake Elliott for this week or next week or however long it is. Cameron Dicker may be on this roster for a little longer because of Aaron Sippus, because he can still punt, because he can he still does both, punt and kick. Oh, he can do kickoffs too. So he's a very valuable asset there. So it might be more than just 
oh, he's here because as a – what's the term we use in fantasy football? Um, not security blanket. I, I can't think of it right now. Um, but that's all go with, security blanket. You know, he, he's more of for that. So I wanted to get to the Giants too here. I know we talked a lot of Giants yesterday. It does look like right now Daniel Jones is going to play on Sunday. He was moving good in practice. It, whether it was an ankle sprain or not, Brian Dable isn't getting any information out, but I think the Giants may have dodged a bullet there. They might have. We'll have to see how he does Thursday and Friday, but I think the Giants still will have to sign a quarterback. It's just he won't be starting. They'll just probably promote Davis Webb at this point. So that's good for them because they're going to need it against Green Bay. Washington, this is interesting, and I think I'll talk about this a little bit tomorrow. Rob Rivera pretty much said yesterday, the little things are mounting up and big changes are getting close. What does he mean by that? Big changes are getting close. Benching the quarterback? Because that's usually the first change, right? Rob Rivera has a job on the line. He does. The Commanders have not had a winning record since Rob Rivera has become their head coach. And yes, he has a division title, but they were 7-9 when he won that division title. They weren't good last year, and they haven't been good this year. Maybe we overrated the Commanders at the, at the beginning of the season, but they're bad in a lot of categories. Yards per play, they've given up a lot of sacks. Uh, the opponent pass rating allowed is terrible. They're not good in a lot of statistical categories. And... It's not like Carson Wentz is bailing them out of anything. I'm willing to give Wentz the benefit of the doubt. I think when you trade that much for him, you give him at least 10 weeks. At least. Because that is what the price you paid. Taylor Heineke isn't making this team better. Sam Howell at the end of the year, maybe I consider there. But, no, I think you got to roll with Carson Wentz. I don't think he is the full extent of the problem. But Ron Rivera is panicking. And I don't know how much time they're going to give Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera does ultimately get another year because he is Ron Rivera and because there is stability there with him. But sooner or later, you got to win games and you got an owner who's trigger happy. By the way, guys, FedEx Field sucks. I don't know how many times I got to mention that on this show. It sucks. Hate FedEx Field. Can't stand it. By far one of the worst teams in the NFL. By the way, Eagles fans, I know there's a lot of you going down on Sunday. There's going to be a lot of you going down Sunday night. It's going to be fun. I'm not going. I'd love to go see the desert. Um, hopefully, Super Bowl. Hopefully, no matter who plays. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm kind of saving my Super Bowl trip for Vegas. <laughs> That's next year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a large Eagles contingent down there. There usually is. But, man, there's going to be a lot on Sunday, especially with the 4 and OT. This is a sneaky good game to me. It's a sneaky good game because the Cardinals are 2-2. Two and two. I don't know how they're 2-2. Two and two. I watch every Cardinals game. They are so inconsistent on offense, it's not even funny. If you let Kyler Murray just kind of play NFL street, he's basically going to find ways to score points. type of player he is. He is literally the human version of Call of Duty. He knows how to make plays. and. The, it's funny because that's his favorite game. I, I do like Kyler Murray. I, I, do. I know a lot of people don't. 
I do like him. I, you know, he's a he's a nice guy. I, and like I told Alice, I just don't think he knows how to be great because he's never had that that. He's always been the best. He's always been the five star recruit. That guy. I think he has to learn that. I think that's part of his maturation process. And I think that's why he needs a veteran coach in there. I think that I really do. I think that's the issue. I think that's why he needs. Someone other than Cliff Kingsbury. That's my honest opinion on him. And they're getting healthy at wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins is still two games away from the suspension ending. They cut Andy Isabella, who, by the way, everybody wants to talk about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Andy Isabella was just as bad, not worse, as a wide receiver taken for D.K. Metcalf. He's gone. Um, Rondell Moore's getting healthy. A.J. Green's hurt. That that stinks. but. Marquise Brown's been good for them. It's been a really good sign. They're going to be scary once DeAndre Hopkins does come back. Zach Ertz has been the baller for them. I wanted to get in Zach Ertz here. I'm going to talk a little bit about him tomorrow, too. But Zach Ertz has had a sneaky good year for them. He's dropped a couple passes. I mean, he's 32, but Ertz can still ball, and he's moving the all-time list for tight ends. He's my feature on By the Numbers for CBS Sports this week. Um, Zach Ertz is heck of a guy, man. Um, Fan favorite in Philly. Probably going to get his number retired someday, if we're going to be honest. Um, Zachers did a lot for this organization. He has a game-winning touchdown catch in the Super Bowl. So it's going to be cool. to. It was cool to hear from Zachers this week. You know, it's – I mean, look, he's he's been pretty good in Arizona. You know Arizona hasn't had a 100-yard receiver at tight end since 1989. Zachers has the franchise record for catches and receiving yards in a season for tight ends for the Cardinals since they moved to Arizona. He played 11 games last year. So he's probably going to smash that this year. He's on pace for another 70-catch, 700-yard season. So good for Zach Ertz. Happy to see him again. All right, tomorrow, good morning, NFC East. I'm going to have Mark, Mark Farzetta on. We're going to talk Eagles. We're going to talk Cardinals. We're going to talk Philly sports trips. We're going to talk a bunch of stuff tomorrow with this division. Uh, this division has an exciting week coming up. Um, you know, with – Eagles playing the Cardinals, the Cowboys playing the Rams, the Giants playing the Packers. It's going to be an interesting week for sure. Um, so we'll preview all the games tomorrow on Football Friday. Once again, my name is Jeff Kerr. You can find all my work at CBSSports.com. I'm going to have an interview with Johnny Venerable um, coming out for Jacob Sports YouTube channel later today. Johnny is a good friend of the show. He works for Phoenix uh, Cardinals. Um, awesome website. You guys might want to check it out. We'll have that dropping on YouTube in a bit. So once again, uh, Jeff, once again, my name is Jeff Kerr. I like to thank Tony Shields, Birds 365, Joey McDonald, and John McMullen. Coming up next.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery, go for the win. Go to Ocean, 